Hello, hello, and welcome, guys. Thank you for joining me here at the Coffee Set. I am one of the Smith, and I am here today with some beautiful, beautiful ladies on the set today as we're talking about the challenges of raising grown children. Oh, and Tricia, where does that... <laughs> does that topic come from? How can you raise something already grown? Oh, honey, I don't know. All I can say is that if you're anything like me and if you're dealing with some of the situations that I'm dealing with, I wish I could go back and get a do-over. Yes. Ladies, ladies, how are you today? Go ahead and greet the people. Tell them who you are and what it is that you do. I'll go. Hi, everybody. I am Danielle Lanier. By day, I am a trainer for a large healthcare system in Texas. Uh, after five, I am a political activist. I'm a politician. I'm a wife. I am a mother of, of a grown child. <laughs> I am a sister. I'm a daughter. I wear a lot of hats. So that, that's who I am. Hi, I'm Sharika Alfred, creator of the Proactive Planner, and also um, just here on the show as moral support for this episode because I do not yet have grown children, but I have a couple of teenagers that are on their way. Go, go ahead and be honest and let them know you're here to keep your sister in line. <laughs> Okay, so yes, yes, I'm I'm here to you know kind of keep it calm, calm, keep the show calm, and yes, that too. Go ahead, Melody, and introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is that you do. 
Hi guys, my name is Melanie Adamson and I am a program coordinator for Youth Services of Charlton Pushmatal in McKern County. I'm also the founder and director for Project Gain, Get Active and Involved Now. I am a community volunteer with a focus on youth. I love youth, I love working with youth. Um, and then that's, that's my main thing. And I love um, being part of improving others' lives. You know, however I may, provide resources, or if I if I have it, if I eat, you eat. And so um, as we're going through life and someone reach out to me and like, hey, they, they're trying to figure things out, I share everything that God has, you know, allowed me to go through and bless me with. I feel like he's equipped me to help others and bless others. So um, that's kind of me. And be looking for upcoming the Stick to the Script. Um, I do believe in us sticking to scripture and living by the word of God and, you know, I'm just living healthy lifestyles and continuing to um, progress ourselves. So I'm glad to be here amongst all you beautiful women. And thank you once again for this opportunity. Oh, yeah. We're glad to have you, uh, child. And you need some scripture because I got two. <laughs> oh, I got two grown ones. I listen, listen here, you got three going on four, okay? I, <laughs> I am a mother of four. I do have three grown children, one in college. Well, one is about to walk to um, this Saturday. So I have one graduating. I have one graduate, one graduating this Saturday. And then I have a freshman well, about to be a sophomore in college. And then Kale is 11, but she might as well say she's grown. She's about 60. And so, yeah. That that sums it up. So yes, I need to be here because I hope that I can either contribute something through life experience of what I've gone through, or y'all can help me out because I'm still going through. <laughs> yes. Oh, we going through in real time. Do you hear me, Danielle? You got one and one on the way too, huh? Don't you? Yes. <laughs> and Sharika got two grown ones coming. Okay, yes. so. It, it won't be long for we all going to need a, a, a prayer and a scripture and yes. some support and everything else. Yes. Nonetheless, guys, we want to talk today about some of the challenges that uh, we're dealing with when it comes to uh, raising grown children. And I say raising grown children because I don't know who made the rule that when they're 18, they're grown and gone. Listen, mine is 23 and 22 years old, and I can still see where there are some areas that I have to parent. There are still some uh, responsibilities financially that I am still obligated to take care of in some kind of way. So whoever you are out there in this world, that when they turn 18, you said you're 18, you're grown, you're gone. You don't have to do any more parenting. Uh, my hat's off to you because that's not me. <laughs> so we're going to sit here today and we're going to address some of the challenges that we have with our grown children. And we know 2020 uh, came in and it shifted everything, it, 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 especially in my world. And so uh, I'm dealing with some things. I am dealing with it in real time as we're sitting here having a conversation today. So uh, Melanie, you have three already that are grown over the age of 18. 
college, some one that has graduated, one that will be graduating, and another that will be graduating soon who's in college. So come in uh, and just share with us, uh, give us a little bit about some of the challenges that we don't even have to look past 2020. Let's just look at some of the challenges that 2020 has posed for you in your relationship with your grown children. Um, I think that one of the things is that I had to remind myself as they're, um, like you said, about the grown at 18, that I I agree that I think we um, ruin things for our children when we're saying, well, you're 18, you're grown, you're out there. They're not prepared. And I think more than anything, they need uh, more parenting now than they did even when they were younger because they're trying to figure it out. And we miss the opportunity to mentor them and share um, our life experiences when we have that concept that, you know, you grown, you get out, you do your own, and you just figure it out. Um, I think we go through what we went through so we can mentor them and help them along the way. And I think that one of the things that has helped me with that is for um, me to remind myself that they need me there, um, even when they are grown independent and I don't need your help and this is what I want to do and my money is my money but then they got to turn around and ask you for your money and so it's just like mm. and matter of fact one of the conversations I just had is is that I never was trying to run you I wanted you to be able to never have to be dependent on others but when you're eager as a young person to be grown and make those decisions they feel like there are certain things that I got to have right now and I'm grown so I can make this decision right now. It'll put you right back in the situation where you depended on someone else to come back because you was not ready. And I, and I, the, I shared this, it's no different than a cake or anything that we eat, whether even if it's supposed to be healthy for us, if it does not go through the proper process and if you consume it too quick, it can be detrimental. It can be hurtful. It can be harmful. It can make you sick. So it's not that you was never supposed to have it, but you still have to go through the process and you have to wait for it to fully bake and come to full fruition so you can consume it and it be healthy for you. And not only that, that enjoyable, you will actually enjoy it when it's time for you to have it. If you get it too fast, you're going to experience some heartaches and some hurts and pains that you wouldn't have had to go through if you had awaited. So it's not a no and that's why I was telling them. It wasn't that I was saying no. I was just saying that you wasn't ready right now. And so then it just pushed you back in the situation. So I think that that's one of the things. Is, but even as they're going through that, I, I see myself in the mirror, reflection, payback, like just reminisce. I'm like, oh, you remember that time? They tried to tell you, you know, and you just had to have it. You know, you just had to go through it. And you don't want that for them. So you're just trying to tell them, no, you listen. And so instead of doing that, just being able to share and say, I went through it. But not only that, is having them, me to stop and listen, to actually listen to them. And then coming back and remember, remember that, yes, I am a mother, but I'm more so of a mentor coach than I am as a mother at this point. And I need to take that part out of it so that they will fully listen and come to me for advice as opposed to just going out to outside sources, you know? So I think that that's kind of been one of the things for me. All right, Danielle, go ahead and jump in there, girl. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, I'm going to follow in the same vein with that. My daughter is 22 years old. And I agree with everything you just said. Uh, so anxious to be grown, but yet don't know anything. We just had a conversation probably three months ago uh, where she was like, how do I fry chicken? So, you know, what is the right oil? Is it peanut? Is it canola? Woke me up out of a dead sleep about the right, you know, cooking oil. Uh, my daughter actually has her own place. Her and her godbrother uh, share an apartment and she pays bills. So I can I can see some healthy habits there. Her bills are paid on time. She just got her first credit card. One of the things that I gave her that I didn't have growing up was financial literacy and <coughs> ma'am, being responsible financially, not falling into the same pitfalls that I fell into at 18 when I didn't know anything, you know? So uh, I'm glad to see that that did come to fruition, but the ability to listen is still a challenge because she knows everything and nothing at the same time. And I'm the same way. I'm not in mom mode right now where we, you know, pick your socks up off the floor. I am more of a mentor at, at this point. I brought you as far as I could. And now all I can kind of do is stand back a little bit, give you advice and pretty much tell you what I think you should do or would work in your best interest. But I've always raised her that you, you have a choice here. You can go left, you can go right. And either way, the choice is still yours. That is free will. That is exactly what that is. And if you make a mistake, you learn from that and you choose something different next time. If not, you'll keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you'll never get to where it is that you would like to go or do what it is that you want to do. So it's definitely a, a challenge. Believe me. My heart goes out to you. It does. Yes. Honey, we're, we're going to take a quick commercial break and let me um, let me just process all this <laughs> before we come back in and jump right in. Today, we're talking about the challenges with raising grown children here on the Coffee Talk and Tea Set. Oh, guys, welcome back. We're here talking about the challenges with raising grown children. And I say, yes, raising. Now, you guys can sit here and say mentor and whatever else, but y'all know it's harder now than it was when they were actually in our households. Because now uh, we're at a point where maybe we can't knock them over the head or whoop their butts or whatever it is, however we chose the discipline. Now they're grown. They got their own mind and uh, their own perception of what life should be and what it looks like. And guys, I tell you what, 
having COVID hit and having their whole lives changed and turned upside down and with everybody being under the same roof again, O-M-G. <laughs> okay, let me, let me just say, it has not been easy emotionally. I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. And when I look at those grown kids of mine, sometimes all I can do is just shake my head and say, what the heck did I raise? <laughs> what did I raise? You know, I can't blame nobody. I was a single parent raising mine, so I didn't have anybody to blame. The only excuse I could come up with is that they have another side. They, they have their daddy's <laughs> biological makeup. So maybe that was something uh, from that other side. They, they didn't get that from my side because I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know who this is I'm looking at. But, but like you guys did say, you know, uh, yes, they need support. They need uh, mentorship. But what happens when we can't even find it in ourselves, the strength, or find the uh, sympathy or empathy to even try to put ourselves in their shoes? Because this is where I'm at. This is where I've been. And I tell you what, guys, I have been under so much pressure with grown children. Now, we, we're not even gotten into what it's like with the uh, younger kids in the house with like Sharika has. I'm talking about grown kids. It The pressure has gotten so deep to a couple of times I can see where I've almost literally lost my life. You know, my my life, I can, I mean, tasting death, you know, and so y'all have to unmute yourselves and come in and talk to me. Where do we find it when we're so exhausted emotionally, physically, spiritually, socially, like the times that we've lived in, that we can't even muster up the strength to even save our own lives. Let me say, I am, my heart goes out to you. Um, you know, I, I see where you coming from with press through. When you, you can't pour from an empty cup, man. So you are gonna have to put you first and make sure you're in a good place mentally. At, at, when our kids get to the point where it's too much for us to handle, that's what we have God for. God got them better than we could ever have, you know, and that's where you have to let them go and hope that you have given them enough to, to try to sustain because now you have to replenish you. You have to take care of you and step back and let God handle that and, and, and God have that. And that's really all that you can do is love from afar, just like you would any other family member. It's only so much you can do at, at this stage. They're grown. They're going to do what they want to do, whether we like it or not. I got married at 19 years old to a 35-year-old man. And I was in the military, had my own. When I brought that man home, my mama 
flipped. It did not matter. You know, it, she tried to talk to me. My grandmother was like, he got beady eyes. I don't trust him. But you couldn't tell me anything. You know what I mean? She was like, put a glass down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I already knew what that meant, but I wanted what I wanted. You know? What do you mean? What do you mean? I wanted what I wanted. And Wait a minute. What did what I want? Wait a minute, not the beady eyes. Come on now. Come on, not the beady eyes. <laughs> My big mama looked at it like that, beady eyes. So he don't trust people with beady eyes. <laughs> so, you know, I I look back on that moment and I just I mean, they were they were right. It took four years and a daughter later. But they were absolutely right. And I thank God for that moment is that all my mom could do was let me go and let me learn. And believe me, it, it was a lesson well learned. So I, when I flash back on that and, and I'm dealing with, with China, it, it's all I can do. I love you, baby. I, I'm, I'm going to pray for you to do the right thing. But I need to go over here and get myself together. Now let let me let me say this because um, yeah. I, I feel some kind of way. Now I'm a firm believer, a firm believer. Uh, I have faith. Yes. However, <laughs> there is sometimes we get so deep into whatever it is that we're in that we don't feel that spiritual uh, connection. You know, I, I believe sometimes that we use that uh, faith and let it go and all that as an excuse, really not to deal with things. So, so let me just say that I've always had faith, but sometimes looking for God to come down and do a thing, sometimes He just takes too long. <laughs> let me let me just say that <laughs> He just takes too long. And I'm looking at my situation and I'm looking at so many other situations that I see in my community, so many other situations uh, that I uh, see in the world. And let me say this, when you're looking at addictions, when you're looking at uh, immediate dangers, when you're looking at uh, drowning in debt, when you're looking at uh, just unhealthy behaviors all around you and you're in a place to where you know you can't say much, you don't want to destroy the relationship, you know that there's a sensitive uh, situation that you're dealing with right there, sometimes I cannot sit here and tell you as a believer that prayer is enough. Our babies need help. And we have enough resources. We have enough uh, mental health agencies. We have enough uh, of all this stuff that we're not utilizing or that is not utilized effectively for our babies because it's not designed for some of our babies and the situations that they deal with that, uh, hello, yeah, you can wait, sit here and pray and wait. Yeah, but you, can, you might be waiting a while. 
It's some of our babies need help right now. Well, let me say this. I let me that I get what you're saying, but I think that that's when we we got to put faith with works, and that's where we miss it because we're just taught, well, baby, you just pray about it with God to fix mm -hmm. it, and we just give that. I will say I understand what you're saying because just right before the holidays and mentioned what I was saying before, I was like, one of us is going to die today. I don't know who it is, but I don't think it's going to be me. I ain't as strong as I used to be. But, but then I had to turn around and I said, God, help me to be the mother that this child need for me to be. Now for the other three, I had to pray specifically for this one because somewhere the communication but then I sat down and I told, and we had to talk, and I said, we will not go into a new year like this. We, this is not what I, and this is not the, what God promised me. This is not what um, I know is to be. This will be true Satan is on attack. And so I prayed, and I said, we're going to pray together. But then we're going to also have to do works. So I asked for that strength for him to give me the strength that I needed to be who I needed for her. Because sometimes that what I find myself just doing is that when I already knew what the outcome was going to be, I was just so, no, you're not going to do because I've already been through it. So I knew what the path was going to be. And I knew what it was going to involve me to have to be as well. So I, I would say I, I understand, but prayer always works. But we should not give up on faith, but we got to understand that when we pray, we also have to ask him to give us the direction to go and to be obedient. And I was just trying to find the scripture where it's talked about that in Deuteronomy about obedience and disobedience. And sometimes when I'm doing something, I feel like God has told me, if you will be obedient and do what I'm telling you to do, I will save your household. But you have to do what I'm telling you to do and that'll come. So, and that's just my, my testimony. I can't put that on everybody else. But prayer does work, but we have to put in, 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 in the word. We have to put the word into action. And I just say, well, God fix it. And then we just wait for it to fall in our lap. No, we got to do some work with that in order for that to, to go. And then we have to depend on each other. We can't just go through it by ourselves. We got to call out to ourselves. We got to talk to, well, our elders is not our elders anymore like they used to be. We can't go for that mentorship. But we're, we're out there. And I think that, that we have to put it together. I think it's a combination and not just faith alone we have to put that work into action wow yeah you guys make me want to uh box my kids up and ship them off to some other country uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh right now i have a almost 17 year old and a 13 year old and i probably parent a little bit differently so I i'm just gonna throw this out just something to think about it's do you feel that sometimes part, not all, but part of the issue in, in conflict comes because of your expectations? And I mean, like, you know, like you say, well, I see baby girl, baby boy, whatever, they're about to do something and I know where they're headed. And so you banging heads with them to try to prevent them from doing what's going to ultimately happen. But me, I'm all about little bitty kids, choices and consequences. My kids from jump, life is about choices and consequences. Sometimes I purposely allow them to do things. I don't fight with us. I may say something, but then I stand back and let choices and consequences. Now, 
depending upon how headstrong and determined you are, and you know, some people are more old school than others. Well, I'm the mama, you do what I say. And, you know, we give ourselves a lot of acid reflex and all that other stuff because of our expectations instead of just laying back and just watching it unfold. I'm just saying. So just asking is, is some of the heartache and tension coming from our, our expectations, expecting them to behave a certain way because we know it's best, but they choose to not. And so me, I'm more laid back. I'm going to tell you maybe once, maybe twice, but then if, if it's not too detrimental, I'm just going to sit up and let you, hey, choices and consequences. Just just saying. Mm. I tell you what, that's a lot to swallow. And I need to take a moment to swallow just that. And then I'll come back and tell you what I think. <laughs> We're going to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> All right, guys, we're back here on the Coffee Talking Tea Set, where we're talking about today the challenges with raising grown children. And yes, I did say it, raising grown children, because truth is, you know, no matter where they are, they still need us. They still depend on us. And uh, let's just be honest, you know, 2020 came in uh, like a flood and it hit all of us and it has literally changed our lives, you know? And so we're dealing with some things that maybe we uh, wouldn't necessarily otherwise had it been for 2020 uh, been faced with having to uh, really see in real time, our children and uh, the dynamics of what their lives are really looking like. And I can tell you, um, you know, Sharika, to answer your question about the expectations, I can absolutely affirm, yes. Yes, I had, and I still do have some idea of what I expected their lives to look like because of what um, the raising or because of you know, having certain things set in place. They didn't have the hardships. They didn't have uh, many of the obstacles to overcome like I did. And so, yes, high expectations. And I still do, regardless of where they are right now today. And I say they because I have uh, two girls of my own, two adult children, uh, but also other children in the community, other children in the family. I hold them to high expectations. I want to see those children, these children, our children succeed. And there are some things that I feel like um, that they're being exposed to or they're making decisions to engage in that could potentially not only take their lives prematurely, but also ruin 
or damage their lives to the point to where it can be a life-altering situation. And that scares me. So if that in return makes me a uh, bad mama, if that makes me an overbearing mama, or if that makes me a, a mean mama, unsupportive mama, or whatever, then I'm I'm guilty. Let me just say that. I, I, I am guilty on all sides because I have high expectations. I see what you're capable of, but yet when everything and, and, and we, we, we exaggerate things. Show me that you're doing absolutely everything opposite <laughs> of what I feel like you could be doing. I'm not saying should, but could. Because you have opportunity. You have the uh, resources that many kids didn't have. And I'm just talking about the ones that I know. I'm talking about the ones I see in the school system that I go to and work at every day. I'm talking about the ones in my own house. I'm talking about the family members that I see. And when I see you going against everything that's valued in your families, valued in your communities, when I see you going against everything that you complain about, not having the barriers, not having those obstacles in your way, and it's not still not good enough, then my thought or my mindset at that point is go get your life. Just don't do anything that's going to potentially take your life because there's nothing that I can do for you in a graveyard. There is nothing that I can do for you uh, while you're sitting up in somebody's prison cell, because they're going to have their way with you at that point. And, and you can't call on mama at that point. Well, and I, I think that some of that comes and I'm sorry, someone's going to chime in. I think some of that because going, because we do protect them and we, we give them because we want their lives to be smoother than what I was, ours was. We really don't see how we have, enable them or handicap them until they have to actually be grown till they actually have to get out there on their own. And we think that by giving them, because now they're in a sense of entitlement, they don't understand the dangers because they have been protected. Um, and I, I can attest to that. And I think even for us growing up, my dad, I can remember, you know, because they had to pick cotton. They had, so there was a certain things that he didn't want us to have to go through. You know, he pushed us to do your education so you don't have to pick up trash and do the things that I'm doing to take care of our families. But missing out on that hard work also um, blinds us from the reality of what's actually out there. And so I think that that's something because I look at mine and I'm just thinking, you had everything. Why? I mean, you're smart. You got this. You got that. What is the problem? But it's just that the sense of entitlement. And I have to work for it, you know. Um I think that's just some of it were not just ours that all our kids are going through because people want it better for them and it's just handed to them. I'll chime in on that. I agree with that. Um, I, my daughter never saw 
the struggle. She didn't grow up in the country. She's a city girl. So uh, she didn't, she had more opportunity than what I had growing up in Hugo. And that was by design. I didn't want her, I wanted her to have access to the internet. I wanted her to have a good school. I wanted her to have those things. And you're right, I have my expectations. I expected her to, to go to the Air Force like she said she was gonna go and she didn't do that. I expected her to go to college and she took a couple of semesters and then she was like, well, mom, I wanna have my own business. I wanna do things my way. You work a nine to five. I don't want to be a nine to five person. I want to do something different. And my that troubled me because I'm like, okay, let me be real clear about something. Is that this nine to five has been sufficient for you. And this is not all that I do. This is just the primary thing. So I need you to understand that, okay, you're trying to, to carve your own way in this world. And trust me, I see that. But at the same time, don't bash somebody else's way thinking that you know it all on your own because you you don't know it all and always be open to counsel and that's just kind of where i'm at with china with that so i i get that um i i don't regret raising her the way i did i'm glad she never saw struggle uh she never saw any of that um i think that causes trauma which is a whole different topic uh, of a different day that probably me seeing trauma coming up and dealing with trauma of my own probably is why I was as overprotective of her as I was with her growing up. So, Man, I just had to take a deep breath on that. <laughs> so many things. There, there is no right or wrong in this. Um, I mean, no right or wrong. I, I can see some of my fault. I can see some of my fault um, for not sharing. Not sharing what it's like in some of the more topics or subjects that we don't really want to talk about at the dinner table. Okay? Talking about what it's like to uh, suffer sexual traumas. Talk about what it's like to want to hang out with the boys and get high and they slip you something that could potentially mess your mind up. To not talk about working on a job until you're 90 years old and, and then when you're finally able to retire a little bit, you're so crippled physically that uh, you're no good and you can't even really enjoy the rest of your life. You live the rest of your days in pain from working uh, hard on a job, uh, all that manual labor to now you got arthritis and your hands don't even work right. So you can't even uh, go pick up a skillet to even cook up, cook you something to eat for the day. So, so, so yeah, we, we, we eliminated some of those conversations because we're in a generation to where those conversations were not shared with us. We live in a generation where we saw parents married and stayed married, no matter what, being abused, being misused, being cheated on, uh, financially, uh, controlled, 
we lived in that generation, not able to get that education, not really able to leave the family dynamics to uh, pursue that career, putting your career on the back burner so he can have a career and he's working and out and doing all kinds of things. Got another family on the other side of town. Yeah. So, so we eliminated many of those conversations in an effort to protect our kids. And I agree, Danielle, with this one thing. I believe that our children leave our nest thinking that this is a perfect world. They saw mama do it. And if she can do it, I can do it. And I got this. Not realizing the struggle you had to go through to get there. Yes. Absolutely. Right, right. But right. our kids are still, and I had to realize this too. Our kids are influenced by so much more than we were. We were just mm -hmm. influenced by our little community, our church, our school, our family. That was kind of your your setup. You didn't really go mm -hmm. nowhere. Now they have access to the world. They see and so much Absolutely. stuff is filtered. It's not even real. You know, it's it's all about the entertainment and the likes and the, all this stuff. And they, they're just, they're caught up in a world that's just, it's just so different. It's so much different than what we Yeah, and I think they really look at us and think our life is boring. <laughs> I really do. But Sharika, I want to come to you. I want to know, you, you had, your kids are younger and male. You have, well, all three of you guys have a younger one still coming up. Uh, the only young ones I have is the ones that, uh, like I said, is in the family and the ones that I'm uh, connected with in the school. And so I'm going to leave you with this question and we'll, we're going to come back uh, from the commercial break and, and, and let you guys chime in on that. But I'm interested in knowing is how much of the family tradition, the family dynamics impact what we're willing to share and not share with our kids. And then also thinking about our grown kids versus the younger kids, what are you now going to do different as a result of what 2020 has created and what we're dealing with here in 2021. All right, guys, you're here with us here on the Coffee Talk and Tea Set. And we're talking today about the challenges with raising grown children. Many of you want to say grown and gone. Whew. But honey, that's not me. I see mine grown, but I can see that I need a do-over. And I know that that's not always possible. Uh, but... Man, it's some of the things we deal with and that we see and that we just want to be that support and find that support. But sometimes, man, it's hard. 
Sometimes seeing the dynamics of that relationship between that mother and that child, sometimes it hits so hard that it can even potentially take our own lives. So Sharika, I asked you just before uh, the break, and so I want you to come in and chime in, and then uh, you other ladies can jump in as you choose. All right, so how are we doing things differently after 2020? Is that as a result of 2020, I'm guessing. Honestly, we're not. Um, like I said, I probably parent a little differently. And as grim as this may sound, I've pretty much always thought with my children, what would I like for them to know in the event if something were to happen to me today? So basically, and I don't know if this has anything to do with me being um, born to a teenage mom. My mom had me the month after she turned 16 years old. Now, I didn't have my kids until I was married a couple of years, you know, in, in 27 and 30 years old. So, you know, it was a bit different there. But um, I just always, with them, it's always been a thought of what do I want them to know if something were to happen to me? So my husband and I, we we are pretty transparent. I mean, age appropriately, you know, age appropriately. But of course, as they get older, we 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 kind of we shoot straight from the hip. Especially my husband. He's really a straight shooter. Sometimes a little bit too straight, but but I mean, because I'm always thinking back to for one, hey, I remember I used to be a teenager. And I tell my daughter, uh, we raise you the way we raise you because I know your mama and I know your daddy, <laughs> you know. So I'm thinking back to the things that, uh, you know, look, fast tail girl running around. It's like, no, mm -mm, no, we're not doing that. So we 2020 has not changed the way that we've parented because we've always pretty much been pretty transparent. We talk about things we want to warn them about the dangers. And like you guys pointed out, yes, they are exposed to the internet, social media. So they know things, they know things, they know more about some things than I know, some things they, they have to tell me about and educate me on. So, you know, I, there has not been a change with us. Can you hear me? Okay. I think for me, um, not too much of a change. I think with this younger one, um, I am home now more than I was with mother three. I was a single mom. I was a teen mom, um, got out and went to work, you know, but that left my kids at home with my grandparents a lot. Um, and then as they got older and they were teenagers old enough to stay at home, that kind of opened them up to some things because raising themselves or, you know, um, I've never been one to have a lot around my house, even in, um, not really having anyone um, male-wise around my children that wasn't their father. Um, but they they was just exposed. And so, um, but I had to work. So I think the, I'm at a different place with my younger one. So I'm able to be there um, with her. I am a little bit more strict of what she's exposed to. Um, I'm not ready for her to know everything. So internet is very, I mean, just what she watches on TV. She has her own channel. Um, we're very open about, hey, what are you watching? This is the expectation. Um, so I, I do do that a little different um, just because um, it's just so much out there. And I think that we, 
we are we are all not just our kids are exposed to so much and it can just be overwhelming so if it's overwhelming for us it's going to be overwhelming for our kids but i think that's the really the main thing is just um having those conversations because i'm not naive she's going to be exposed at some point but at the same time, um, just limiting those, what, what I'm allowed to be, even with family, even when people are talking about things, no, you don't need to hear that. Let's, let's go back in there. Let's go do something different. So, yeah, I think that's for me, that's really been the only change for me. Uh, for me with Kendall, uh, COVID, it was the whole, uh, helping him to really, he left for spring break and they never went back to school. Kendall is deep into sports. And so that was the first time in his life where his whole life changed. There wasn't going over to friend's house. There wasn't, you know, playing football, basketball, wasn't any of that. And not just that, we also uh, had the murder of George Floyd and during the time I was running for Congress. So Kendall was with me the majority of the time while I was on the campaign trail and attending Black Lives Matter uh, protests and going different places with me. So even now at like 10 years old, he is ahead of his time. Uh, and, I, and I like that uh, with being able to understand different things because Kendall, I'm raising a black man. Kendall, I raise him in awareness and consequences and, and, and different things. Uh, I raise him in truth is that, okay, you can't do what Kobe and Andrew do. Like if the ball goes over the fence into the neighbor's yard, don't walk in those people's yard, Kendall. Ring their doorbell or even now, don't even ring their doorbell. Come and let me or Kevin know that the ball went over the fence and I will go over there and go get the ball for you. You know, you can't just do what you see other your white friends do. So it's it's more of that uh, with him. And he understands that. You know, washing your hands a little bit more, uh, wearing your mask at school. So different things like that, mama, you know, and we're out here in the middle of fate. So we've dealt, we're dealing with racism out here, even in the school, you know, and Kendall is to the point now where he knows how to handle that. Uh, we had a little boy tell him uh, a couple of months ago, oh, you're black. You like chicken, don't you? And he was like, well, no, not, not, not really. He was like, you know, I, I'm in a meat option. <laughs> meat optional household. Wait a minute, so, wait a minute. Chicken, what chicken got to do with being black? I, I stereotypes, that. stereotypes when they parents, you know, or, or rednecks, whatever they are. So I'm, I'm, I can see me in here where he was like, you know what? Actually, I really don't even care for meat. I'm in a meat optional household. So, you know, sometimes I may eat it, sometimes I may not. And I, I like that in him. You know, even at 10, he's, he's ahead of his time. And that's the difference I've seen with COVID is the ability to, to adapt because we turned these kids' worlds upside down and we didn't even think how they would feel about just all of a sudden you can't play with your friends anymore. There is no more going to Chuck E. Cheese. There is no more football, no more basketball. Oh, I don't know if you're going to even be able to play. Uh, just here, let's homeschool. We got 10-year-olds learning how to work Zoom, you know, and WebEx and, and, and get into Google. So my focus has been his mental health and mainly protecting his mental health during this time and trying to keep life as normal as possible as I, as I can be, even now trying to just keep life as normal as I can. 
Absolutely. And guys, you can see, I know there are many women out here watching this uh, segment that are just like me. You know, you've raised your kids, they're grown. And uh, some of you may even have some younger ones in the household, like the other ladies on the set. But our concerns, no matter what age our children are, are all pretty much one in the same. We want our children to be safe. We want to make sure that mentally they're good. We want to uh, support them in the choices that they make. And sometimes, even when we've done the best we can, the best raising that uh, we feel like that we could have and protect them, we know that there's still some challenges and issues that we all share. And one of the most things, most comforting things that we can do as adults, as women, is be one another's support. Be a little less judgmental. Because, honey, I can tell you I'm one of the most judgmental grown woman that you can meet. The only difference is I've learned enough discipline and I've learned enough self-control that just because I think it doesn't mean that I have to speak it. Because my words that I speak, whether it's to my child, whether it's to your children, uh, whether it's to the kids in school, my voice can and will make a difference, can and will penetrate, can and will provoke an emotion, can and will impact the lives of not only us women, but our seeds as well. So we really must be careful. We really must take a stand and help one another through this thing and be a network, be a community of support for one another. I want my kids to succeed. Guess what? I want yours to succeed as well. When I see yours, uh, maybe not at its best that, that day, if I'm going to speak anything, it should be healing. It should be positive. It should be empowering. It should be encouraging. I shouldn't look at your child and uh, speak harsh and, and, and diminish them in such a way or degrade them or disrespect them in such a way. And, and guys, let me tell you, it's not always easy. Now, we talk about these grown ones being grown and you can't tell them nothing. But I'm in the school system and we got some young ones. Mm, highly disrespectful. But if I'm going to give that child respect and want to see them better, why can't I do it for my own? Yes. And I, I had to realize, too, don't give out more to others than what you're giving mm -hmm. to your own. And I had to realize. And then I also had to let my kids know any other kids. It's OK to fail. And so mm -hmm. you're not going to let us down by making and not doing what you say you were going to do. But as long as you keep up and keep trying, 
And that's been a main thing that I've been. But I, I most definitely agree with you. And we have to be a, a support for each other. And we just have to let let each other know it's okay. The things, everything is not going to look good. That our kids are going to act up. People are going to see our kids act up. And, you know, that's a reflection of us. Um, but um, or so, so we think. So we think. Or, or so we think because yeah. that, 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 that lie crossed my mind. But it did not cause me to convert back to what I used to be or what I would have said. Yes. You know, so so it did. That lie crosses our mind because, uh, yeah, my babies may be out there doing something less desirable that that I had the expectation I had for them. But at the same time, my baby learning just like your baby learning. Yeah, and like white... we had to learn. <laughs> absolutely, we doing some undesirable things. Yeah, absolutely, we we still, do. Yeah. still do. They still do. Yeah. Still do. Still do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. so. So nonetheless, ladies, this has been great. I appreciate you guys uh, being here and sharing in this conversation with me. I could not get through this without your support. And so just as you've seen us band together and have a conversation, a real conversation, because none of this is uh, made up. We're not reading from a script. We're talking about real life in real time, real situations. So each of these ladies, uh, again, I want them to be able to come back and share with you uh, where you can find or connect with them on the social media and also just get involved and get connected. Me personally, let me just start. I am an author and uh, I speak about the challenges that 2020 brought on in my new book, Press Through 2020. It gives a real-time, real-life documentation, a journal of some of the hardest things that I've had to face as a result of 2020 that I'm still trying to process and navigate through here in 2021. So if you find yourself having a hard time, a difficult time in understanding why things are hitting you back to back to back, Go and get that book and let it be an encouragement to you. That's Press Through 2020. You can find that book and so much more on my social media platforms by connecting with me and following me on my link tree. That's Linktree slash Antricia Brace Smith. Again, that's Linktree slash Antricia Brace Smith. Guess I'll go next. <laughs> So, um, Sharika Alford, you can find me on Linktree as well, um, Linktree slash The Proactive Planner. Um, also, Instagram, Facebook, The Proactive Planner, or website, theproactiveplanner.com. <laughs> so, um, I also have a book that's on Amazon, Many Money Lessons for Teens. I'm all about teaching children, teenagers, financial literacy. So, check it out. Yes, I'll go uh, next. I'm Danielle Lanier. I'm on all social media outlets at Danielle Lanier. That's all that I have right now. And if you'd like my email, it is Cooper at gmail.com. And I'm Melanie Adamson. If you need any resources for your youth or as a family, you can find me at Youth Services of Choctaw Pushmatal, McCurtain Counties here in Hugo, Oklahoma. Um, that is at YS4CPM 
on um, social media. You can um, also follow my Project Gain at projectgain.net. And that is G-A-I-N to find out more information about work we do in the community, volunteering, giving back, and just trying to uplift our youth community and build our youth up for a better tomorrow. And so if you'd like to get connected with me, like to volunteer in the community or know how you can help get with me, um, I most definitely will put you to work. I can find a place for you. Or I can always connect you to these resources like these beautiful young women here or the resources that's available into the community. So I look forward to hear from you guys. All right. That's all for now here on the Coffee Talk and Tea Set. Until next time, I'm Antricia Bray-Smith. Mm-hmm.